Good morning. This is Guy Morissette, your hostess with your, the mostest from uh, My Orgasmic Life, and we have another fantastic episode. Chapter 10 of Making Becoming a Better Lover series. All right. So um, anybody who doesn't know who I am, I'm Gaia Morissette. I am a holistic sexual wellness specialist, a high priestess of divine sexual magic and elemental magics, and a BDSM guide and educator, as, long, as well as many fantastic other things that I do in the world. All right, let's get into our juicy topic. What is, so this is chapter 10. So you're like, what? She's done 10 chapters. She's done nine more chapters before this? Yes, I have. And you want to listen to it. You want to listen to it, watch it, read it, depending on what capacity you're interacting with this. Yes, you do. So today we're going to talk about chapter 10. What is epic sex? I'm always going on and on and on about having epic sex. So what is epic sex? And what makes a rock star lover tick? So what are the traits? So last chapter, we talked about what, bad, what is bad sex and what, what are the traits of a bad lover. So now we're going to talk about, give you all the juicy stuff. All right. So let's start with what is epic sex? Oh. <laughs> kind of sex that the sky opens as your legs open <laughs> and the angels start to sing and they write poems about and songs about and art is inspired by it. It is that feeling It is that feeling of almost like you have, you have touched God. Um, you have reached this awareness of being one with everything. This is what epic sex lives and looks like. So it's well worth, it's well worth doing, listening to me, doing all the things in the chapters, reading, doing the exercises practicing because it is worth having epic sex. All right. Some other things that make for epics. I know, you know, we'll, we're going to go into, we're going to continue to go into how do we achieve this oh, sex, epic sex. But when you're after, you know, you will always know when you've had epic sex, when you are laying there after and a, you're like, your brain is turned off, your body's tingling, and you feel fantastic. Not just fantastic because you've had some orgasmic releases, but fantastic because everything was easy. It was a good experience. It felt good. You felt connected to whoever you were engaging with. Um, and I, when I say connected, I don't mean like you're deeply in love. You don't have to be deeply in love. But you just felt like you were like, you were present. They were present. 
it was easy to be in it. Um, you got, you feel satisfied. There's a, like, there's a satisfaction that happens with your, like, your body satisfied, your mind satisfied, your emotionally satisfied. Like, you just feel this incredible satisfaction, right? And the other piece of that that's really important to know whether or not you've had epic sex is are you do you feel inspired <laughs> like inspired i don't know inspired to sing to do a little dance um you may not have the energy because you might you know you, you know you might have you know if you've had really good sex you probably are exhausted because you've you know did a lot of physical put out a lot of physical stuff energy um are you hungry? That's another good indicator that you had some really good epic sex is like, are you hungry afterwards? Um, and so this is what it means to like, and, and you're laying there or you've gotten up, you're inspired. There's a feeling of creativity that's happening in your, in your body. You're inspired to, for whatever, whether it's to make something delicious, whether it's to write a poem, whether it's to, you know, you, you solve the problem that you've been thinking about in the back of your brain. There's this feeling after, not just the afterglow of, of epic sex, but there's a byproduct that lasts in your body for a while and your brain for a while, which is this sense of clarity and understanding and awareness. So that's what epic sex is. All right. And who the fuck doesn't want to have more of that? <laughs> I know I do. I know I always enjoy epic sex. Um, all right. So let's talk about what the traits of a an amazing lover, or as I like to call it, like a rock star lover or a rock star between the sheets, although you don't have to be in between the sheets. You can be anywhere. Um, so here are the traits. So trait number one is confidence. And when I talk about confidence, I'm not talking about arrogance, although arrogance can kind of be sexy too if it's done right. Um, and cocky can be kind of sexy if it's done right. But I'm talking about this knowing that the person that is in that space is comfortable with who they are. They're comfortable in their skin. They're comfortable with their body. They're comfortable um, around their sexuality. There's this sense of just confidence. That's it's this this sense of comfortableness with who they are in their bodies and their sexuality. Number one trait in being a kick-ass rock star lover being epic in bed help co-facilitation of epic sex confidence second trait is awareness being aware of your lover their verbal and nonverbal cues being able to read the ver the verbal and nonverbal cues being able to be aware of um you know, all of the little nuances um, of the environment around you, you being aware, uh, them being aware also of their own stuff. Um, awareness is that secondary, like that's what makes, because then if you are completely aware of your surroundings, the people, the, 
the people that you're engaged with, you know, because not everybody's just having sex with one person, um, you know, it could be more than one person. If you're aware of everything, then you can course correct accordingly. And when you can course correct accordingly and you can uh, address whatever is happening, this is where you become epic, amazing, rock star, kick ass, all right? Communication, next trade. Now, if you've listened, watched, or read the nine chapters before this in the Better uh, Becoming a Better Lover series, you'll know that I talk about communication, 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 communication before, communication during, communication after, communicate, communicate, communicate. When you are an efficient communicator, this is what makes you good in bed. So if you don't like to talk and you don't like to communicate, then this is going to affect your skill sets when it comes to uh, being good in bed. <laughs> All, right? All right. This piece is really important. Not being afraid to ask for feedback. So this kind of is what goes in, is a kind of in line with the communication piece and the awareness piece. So if you're with a lover and you think that this is what this means, so like say you're licking or you're doing something and you think your lover is enjoying it, but you're not really clear, it's okay to say, how is this? Would you like it left, right, higher, lower, firmer, softer? You can give a sequence of, of suggestions and let them pick which one they want. This is helping you to become more aware. This is why your communication skills are important. Being not afraid to ask. This is part of this, goes back into the confidence piece. When you have confidence, you don't you and you trust yourself and you you're, you believe in yourself and you feel good in, in who you are and comfortable who you are you are not afraid to ask for feedback you're not afraid to ask for clarification because your ego isn't so fragile that you are afraid that you are doing it wrong you are not asking because you are afraid that you are doing it wrong you are asking so that you can get better at it with that particular person And I forgot to say in the last chapter, so this is a, you know, an add on to chapter nine, um, what makes, you know, bad lover, um, is that you have a move, you have this, you have your signature move, and you use your signature move on every partner that you have, and every time that you engage with them. And that inability to adapt to the situation and to that person and to the, the experience will keep you stuck and not actually being present and not being aware of the circumstances and the situation. So you want to make sure that you're asking for feedback because even if that you, this is a lover that you play with on a regular basis, if you go back to the chapter about mapping your lover's body, 
everybody's body and what they crave and what they desire and what kind of sex you want to have in that moment changes. So you need to be able to be aware and you need to ask so that you can, can be able to clarify and gather data so that you can best serve your partner's desires in that moment, as well as your own desires in that moment. All right, next. Being able to, and again, this goes back to our awareness piece, being able to read and listen to your lover's verbal and nonverbal feedback and cues. This is, this is the game changer. This is the, every epic lover that I've ever had, which by the way, is most of my lovers because I've done a lot of my pre-conversation <laughs> talks <laughs> to make sure that we're compatible. Um, the number one thing that is what makes them so incredibly amazing in bed is there's this feeling like they are almost able to read my mind. It's like, I'll be laying there and I'm like, oh, I really hope that they like grab me right now. Or, um, you know, I really wish, I really wish they would suck on my nipple right now. And it's almost like as I'm having that thought, their ability to read my nonverbal cues is just as good as them being able to read my verbal cues. Because as I'm thinking about wanting my nipple to be sucked, I'm presenting my body. I'm not, it's subconscious, right? I am like, all of a sudden, my breasts will kind of come up and I'll arch my back. Or I might even put my hand on my breasts. And this is a nonverbal cue letting my lover know that I'm wanting, I'm craving something, I'm desiring something. And their ability to pay attention to what's going on allows them to read that that is what I want. And in that moment, it almost feels like they are being able to read my every thought and they just know me so well. And they don't, I mean, they do and they don't. I mean, their ability to read me is what's happening, right? Their ability of being aware is what's happening. My both verbal and nonverbal feedback I'm not, a, I'm not holding in anything. So I freely, I freely feel comfortable to surrender in that moment. So I'm expressing everything very expressively. So it's easy for my lovers to read me. And so that's another piece of being a really good lover is not just being able to read your lover, but also to be able to express verbally and non-verbally what it is that you're craving and desiring and being open to, um, how do I want to put this? It's like this ability to just surrender and not filter, non-filter, that's what it is. It's completely not filtered of your desires. You're surrendering to your desires. You're just surrendering to the pleasure. You're surrendering to your arousal. You're surrendering to that experience. And when you're surrendering to that experience, your ability to have your nonverbal cues to be, they'll be really quite loud, almost as loud as your verbal cues, right? Making sound, making movement, allowing your body to move the way that it wants to move instead of thinking, oh, worrying about. The thing is, is that surrendering to the experience and the lust and the, and the desire, okay, is 
the key to being an amazing lover, period. Both on both ends of the spectrum, whether you happen to be giving the pleasure at that moment or you're receiving the pleasure at that moment. Surrendering to that experience allows your lover to feed off of that energy, to see what that is, to crave what that is, to know what that is. And in that epic ah, happens. <laughs> All right. All right, the next trait that makes you epic in bed <laughs> and an, an incredible rock star in the bedroom or in the living room or on the washing machine, wherever, you know, um, is this concept of moving out of expectational sex, which is a fantastic chapter that you make sure you go listen to, read, or watch. Moving from expe expectational sex to exploratory sex mindset meaning that the only goal in this sexual activity with this person or people is to give and receive pleasure. That's it. When you drop into that place, this helps you, not only helps you be an amazing lover, but it also helps the people around you to surrender and to also drop into this place of exploration and let go of the expectation. And expectation is, remember, kills orgasms and boners. <laughs> right? So, I like that go. The next trait that makes a, a rock star lover is respect. Respect, respect, respect. Respect is where safety is created. So you know how I was talking about surrendering to the experience and surrendering to the arousal and surrendering to the lust and surrender, surrender, surrender. Um, the only way people surrender is if they feel safe. The only way people can feel safe in any given situation is if they feel respect and trust. Trust and respect go to hand in hand. And when I talk about respect, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to talk dirty. It doesn't mean that, you know, I don't want to be, you know, spanked. It doesn't mean that, like, you can have the primal lust and the primal sexual energy in there and still respect the person. You can, you can play all sorts of sex games and still respect. So respect is this concept that as a human being, I respect your who you are. I respect your boundaries. I respect your needs. I respect your, what you ask for, which is part of this boundary concept. I respect you as a person. Even if we are playing in this objectification space around sexuality, at the end of the day, there's this feeling of, I know that you re you'll respect me in the morning, right? So respect and trust is where that surrendering space can, can be created. And this can happen either in a one-time experience or ongoing relationship or ongoing lovers. Um, but there needs to be that I desire you, but I also in that I respect you as a person. Peace. Okay. You can lust after somebody and you can, you know, want to jump them and, and, you know, and like I said, you can even enjoy the, the, the sexy objectification space, but there needs to always be at the back of that space, respect. And respecting of others' boundaries is a key speech part of this. 
So when someone says no, no, no means no. No does not mean no. All right, I kind of respect your no, except for let's coerce you into doing what I want you to do. It's like if somebody says this is a boundary for me, then you need to respect it. And you also need to be, and in order to be a fantastic lover, you also need to be able to set your expectations and boundaries very clearly as well. So respecting others and having and communicating what yours are so that yours can be respected so that you can move into that place of feeling respected and feeling trust, which allows you to surrender to the experience of giving and receiving pleasure. The next thing that makes an epic lover and a rock star in the sheets is knowing and, of course, communication and asking for what you desire. So here's a great example of that. So say I'm like, we're, I'm in the throes, my partner is behind me, they're you know, I were having, we happen to have, be having intercourse in that moment. And I really, really, really am craving in that moment, my back to be scratched or my hair to be pulled or my ass to be spanked. Well, I can like, I can do my thought process of desiring this, right? But if for whatever reason they don't pick up on that cue that's happening in my nonverbal communication, that it's important for me to then say, hey, pull my hair, please, or slap me, or spank me, or scratch me, or, you know, slower, or harder, or faster, like whatever it is in that moment, I need to be able to ask for it. Again, it's not sexy to expect somebody to read my mind. If they pick up on my nonverbal cues in that moment that are loud enough for them to hear it, fantastic. But if they don't, it doesn't mean that I suffer or I don't go, I go without what I would desire. I need to be able to ask for it. Because if I don't ask for it, then I'm not going to have epic sex. Because epic sex lives where those places I really, really desire. So. Super, super important, okay? Ask and know what you want. Like to know, come to terms with, that's that whole reason why we talk so, I talk so much about know thyself. You know, do that sexual exploration, figure it out what it is that you desire, figure out what it is that you want, figure out how you, you know, what you crave. Allow yourself to drop into those places, okay? And knowing that makes it easier, knowing that and accepting what you desire from a place of non-judgmentalness within yourself makes it easier for us to communicate and ask for what we need in that moment, all right? And again, that's, I know that can be really hard and really scary and, and all those things, but if you want to be a rock star in the bedroom, this is how, this is how you go about doing it. And, and this is the opportunity to heal that shit, that sh those, those sex shames, those belief systems, all that stuff that's not serving you, okay? All right, here's the last one. And this is maybe a new concept. Um, I'm not sure if I've talked about it yet in this series. So understanding, this is, this is another piece, this is a trait to make sure that you are like an epic lover, right? Is understanding the concept that I 
am responsible for my own sexual gratification. No one else is responsible for my sexual gratification. And at first you're like, yeah, but how does, how does that work from a sex perspective? Because you're engaging sexually with somebody else. Well, there's a difference between asking for somebody to bite you, scratch you, lick you, fuck you, whatever it is, finger you, whatever it is that you're wanting, right? There's a difference between asking and them contributing to that experience versus you expecting them to fulfill that experience. Because the minute we start to move from this place of, I expect you. So for, okay, here's another great example. Say I'm in a sexual experience with somebody else. And we have, we have some really great sex. And, and it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I'm having a great time and blah, blah, blah. Um, but my partner needs a break or is tired or has had too many ejaculations. <laughs> it's a nap or whatever, right? And I'm not, I'm not done yet. My body is still craving and I'm not done yet. Well, I can feel unsatisfied in that moment if I expected my lover to fulfill all of my desires or I can start to play with myself and get myself off. And I may get myself off four or five or six or eight times before I'm like really done where I feel like, ah, oh, I'm now complete. Now, that doesn't mean that all that sexual experience that I had with my, that my partner wasn't fantastic. It was fantastic, but I was still craving something else and something more and something different, right? And sometimes that sexual gratification can only be mad by ourselves, for ourselves. The other piece of that is I I'm only, re I'm responsible for my sexual gratification and you're responsible for your sexual gratification. This concept of I can be horny, you can be horny, but if I'm horny, it's not your responsibility to fix it. And if you're horny, it's not response, it's my, my responsibility to fix it. This opens up a lot of freedom for us, both especially, especially within the confines of relationships um, and long-term relationships, because it's like we move into this place where we expect our lovers and our partners, if I'm horny, I expect you to get me off. I expect you to have sex with me. I expect you, this is your, that's part of your, that's sort of part of the contract. And it's not part of the contract. <laughs> That's not part of the contract of a relationship. No one else is responsible for your sexual gratification. They can facilitate it. They can help it out. They can want to participate it, but it's not their responsibility. Okay. And so understanding that concept makes for, it creates an amazing space for exploratory sex versus expectational sex. And moving from this place of expecting your lover to get you off and it's their responsibility to get you to have this epic sexual experience and making them the responsible party to do so. Um, this keeps you in expectational sex, which again, expectational sex kills boners and orgasms. <laughs> All right. So super important. I'll talk more about this concept. So if you're like, what? I will talk further about it and I'll dive deeper into it. I just wanted to introduce it here. Okay. All right. So here's your tip. Here's your tricks. If you want to be a rock star in the bedroom, 
an amazing lover, to help co-facilitate epic sex. Oh, if you want people to write songs, poems, art, and are inspired by you, then you need to explore all of those traits. If you don't have any of those traits yet, or you have some of those traits, you can always, that doesn't mean that, oh, you're doomed. You're never gonna be uh, good and bad. What's the point? Um, all of those things are not serving you. So anybody, and I mean this, anybody can be an amazing, become an amazing lover. Anybody can become a rock star in the bedroom. But it's not a skill set that you were necessarily born with. It's not a natural instinct that we're all born with. This is something that we have to learn. It's a skill that we have to learn. We have to learn and practice. And, and the more we practice, the better we get at it. Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> so that being said, if you're like, okay, so I don't want, I didn't, I didn't tell you all these traits so that you can be disappointed and, I, and, and feel de defeated or deflate you. I told you what these traits are so you have something to reach for. And in these particular areas that we talked about, you know, communication, awareness, you know, confidence, um, you know, being present in the moment, respect, you know, clarity, understanding, knowing yourself, like all of these things that we just talked about, you can learn all of them. I promise you, you can learn them. All right, here's the deal. How do you learn them? Well, step number one is watch, read, and listen to all the chapters of the series, <laughs> Becoming a Better Lover series. That's a good start. Next, I highly recommend taking some courses, whether they're online courses, self-study courses, guide courses, uh, retreats, that will help to improve these skills. So, you know, leaning into courses that are about sexual skill building, communication, self-improvement, sexual education and awareness, um, learning about the, the nuances of human sexuality, you know, take some classes, courses, workshops. This will help, right? This will build your, your level of expertise as well as your level of experience, which will help to boost your confidence levels. And I also highly recommend, um, you know, some of these things that I talked about that, you know, things like surrender and being present and letting go of shame and these kinds of things. These are a little harder to release and let go of um, because they were deeply rooted and created for from a place, place of trauma, place of religion, place of, you know, society. So they're, they're deeply rooted that you may need some extra support. And I highly recommend at that point hiring hiring a professional, um, somebody like me that works in this industry that can help you move and navigate human sexuality, right? Um, you can hire me or you can hire somebody like me. Um, please, when you're looking to hire a professional, this is a really important tip, that you feel like you connect to them, that you can relate to them that you feel safe. The key, the key word here is safe and comfortable with them. 
that you can share with them and talk to them fairly easily. Okay. That's, that's my, that's my big, like when you're looking for a professional. Um, the other thing is, is that I would actually ask your, you know, whoever you're going to hire, um, what's their sex life like? Like I, I would actually, personally, that would be my first question. If I was going to hire somebody to help me about sex and sexual relationships, I would want to know, do they have sex? Do they have sex relationships? Are they comfortable in sex? Well, how is their sex life? Do they have an epic sex life? Can they write stories about their sex life? <laughs> right? People want to hear about their sex life. Um, these are the things that, because otherwise, why would I hire somebody that isn't having, you know, having epic sex? How can I have them help me find epic sex if they're not having epic sex themselves? Okay, so that's, those are, those are some of the tips that I would have for um, when you're looking to hire a professional. All right, so that's it, that's all. That ends our chapter 10, what is epic sex and what makes a, a rock star lover tick? Now, you want to find out how to hang out with me some more? You can visit me at www.succulentliving.com. You can find me on all the social media platforms under Guy Morissette. And just as a quick reminder, um, please, if you're going to contact me, that you contact me for professional reasons. I am not available for dating. I'm not available for sex. I'm not available for marriage. And I'm not available to have your babies. And I say this because it happens to me on a daily basis <laughs> that I get these propositions. So please be respectful of my boundaries, which is please engage with me in a professional capacity. All right. Until next time, have a juicy day and may it be filled with pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Mwah. That's it. That's all. Bye-bye.